Alright, we are in a, uh, a journey, a series, looking at the uh, last couple chapters of uh, Paul's letter to the church in, in Rome, um, uh, you know, written in the, the first century of the church, and to a few folks that were um, following Jesus who were hanging out um, in Rome at the time, and uh, our... Um, We've been talking about total transformation and how we're, we're transformed because of the grace of God, the love of God, and His, His beauty and His righteousness. And, and today, um, the particular focus is on transformed through submission. That just sounds fun, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is that like, uh, it brings sort of, maybe it brings some of you uh, bad nightmares of your older brother, you know, wrestling you and to the ground until you said uncle or something, or some kind of UFC match or torture. Um, nothing like that is uh, what uh, we're about. Or uh, just one that's uh, been silenced, uh, just a, a weak, being weak and silenced and never saying a peep. That's not the picture of submission here that brings transformation. Um, uh, Matter of fact, you know, it's sort of like, how, in the, how is submission good? I mean, the, the heroes that we know, even in our story in the church, they don't submit. Matter of fact, they're heroes because they didn't submit to their authorities. You know, anybody see Braveheart? You know, William Wallace? You know, he didn't submit to anybody. You know, what's the story at the end where he's, you know, on his deathbed, literally, and he cries out, freedom, you know, even at the end? Uh, not a lot of Braveheart fans, it looks like. Yeah, or Martin, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. But both of them, they, they did not submit, didn't just do silently what the church authorities or the government authorities said they were supposed to do. Or Dietrich Bonhoeffer in Germany, who didn't just silently watch by, walk, uh, silently watch the uh, Third Reich and, and Hitler um, totally abused the authority that they had been given. But I propose to you, as you consider those characters and many others, that each one actually did submit. They were subject to the authorities, uh, as Paul speaks to it here. And in being subject to the authorities, uh, appropriately then... They brought great transformation, not only to themselves, but to the world. The passage today is in Romans chapter 13, and it's starting with verse 1, and it's Paul speaking about the Roman Christians' relationship to the empire, the Roman Empire, and how being subject to those authorities will lead to transformation. Let's pray. Gracious God, teach us in this time. Speak to us of your truth. Renew our minds in this time so that in all that we do and all that we we say and even what we feel and and think will be in alignment with your purposes that you've given to us. Uh, Speak to us. Guide us as we hear your word and interact with your word. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, uh, Romans chapter 13, starting with verse 1. It's found on page 923 in your pew Bible. Um, Or you can follow along on the screen. 
Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Now what I want you to hear here, you've already had two of them. Two times that we're told clearly that these government authorities are of God. They are from God. They're God's plan. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you wish to have no fear of authority? Then do what is good. And you will receive its approval, for it is God's servant for your good. But if you do what is wrong, you should be afraid, for the authority does not bear the sword in vain. It is the servant of God to execute wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience. For the same reason, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants, busy with this very thing. Pay to all what is due them. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Revenue to whom revenue is due. Respect to whom respect is due. Honor to whom honor is due. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the first thing to to note here is that government officials, those people that are in official capacities of leadership over a a nation, a state, over a a community, are there as God's servants. They are representing God's authority that God has set in place. And so therefore, it is a sin to disrespect or demean God's servants who serve us in the government. It is a sin to disrespect and demean those who, Paul says here, six times they are God's servants. And so it is a sin for us to disrespect, to demean. Now, that doesn't mean disagree. We may disagree, but to disrespect, to demean, to dishonor is a sin. We are called to respect those that God has placed, God has allowed to be placed in the positions of honor and authority that He has set up in our land and in any land. And you might look at that and say, whoa, man, aren't you sort of over-speaking there? I mean, come on. Do, Do you know what our leaders are like or what our nation is like? I mean, really? They're God's representatives? Well, did you know what the empire of Rome was like? I mean, did you think about what the uh, Nero, he was one of the Roman empires. That dude was lost, man. He was gone. He was wacky. You looked at him wrong off with your head. And there was no justice system to pursue any other way. Paul is speaking during, to the church in Rome during the Roman Empire. So we got nothing on the Christians in the first century in terms of whacked out government leaders. And in that setting, Paul is telling us that this order is God's plan that he has set up for all to follow. That there is to be respect 
It means that there is not a Christian, a Christian way of having anarchy. You know, of just doing what you want to do, when you want to do it, where you want to do it. That's just not the Christian perspective. I mean, in a way, that's the way of Adam. The way of Adam is do what you want, when you want to do it, where you want to do it. You, you might re- remember, maybe familiar with the, the beginning stories, the events that the Bible portrays to us of Adam, the first man created, and God tells him, listen, eat of all of the trees of the garden except this one. Eat in all of these. Don't, don't eat in that one. And what eventually happens is that Adam can't find fulfillment in all of the trees of the garden. And so he wants and decides he's going to eat of that one. It's the way of Adam. It's the way of the world. It's the way of death. That we do what we want, when we want to do it, where we want to do it. And so one word here is if you find, you, you may now you know, need to go check your Facebook posts and see if you need to repent. I mean, literally, I've had a couple friends that I've just had to defriend or unfriend, or whatever you do. Because they are constantly in a place of disrespecting those that are in authority. i got no problem disagreeing. I can disagree uh, with them all well because, as we all know, I mean, I could do it better. Um, but that's a whole other thing. And maybe you could too. But it is a sin to disrespect and demean the authorities that God has set up. So there is respect. So, so just to sit with that one a little bit longer. Seriously, if we need to repent then let's do so before the Lord. And uh, maybe you know, even lighter, write a letter of apology to that official that you've placed. And it's okay if you want to you know, say what maybe you think needs to change at the end in their, their platform. But maybe that needs to happen for you. So there's respect that is called for in this being subject to, in this submitting to. There's also responsibility. For God's authority is placed in government servants. So we, we regain, we, we understand an appropriate appreciation and respect for God's authority being placed in God's government, in, in the government servants that are God's servants. We also have an appropriate then understanding of the government's responsibilities and what they are to do in fulfilling God's authority. They are to be clear and precise in what is wrong and stop it. And they are to be clear and precise in what is right and encourage it. The uh, verse, end of verse 3, beginning of verse 4. Then do what is good, and you will receive its approval, government's approval. For it is God's servant for your good. You see, it's to say what is good and to do it. But if you do what is wrong, you should be afraid. For the authority does not bear the sword in vain. It is the servant of God to execute wrath on the wrongdoer. The responsibility then of those in those positions of authority to state clearly, precisely what is wrong and then to stop it. 
Now, the definition of good and bad is a whole other sermon. And that definition is according to God's authority. And that may be where we might disagree with many of our government authorities or even disagree with one another. But that is then the role, the responsibility of the authority that has been placed before us in our government structures and others to name what is good and to affirm it and encourage it, to name what is evil and to stop it, to keep it from continuing. Now, I propose to you that the the folks that I mentioned at the beginning, in their best moments, in their best moments, were in total obedience to this passage. They were subject to the authorities that they were disagreeing with. They respected, in their best, they respected and honored it, and they stood up. They honored and respected it so much that they were willing then to stand up and say, what you are doing is not your divine responsibility. What you are doing in your government structures, in your church structures, you're not promoting what is good and stopping what is bad. You're doing just the opposite. You're promoting what is bad and stopping what is good. And because they respected, because they had the responsibility of knowing that authority is God's authority, then they stood up and made a statement out of submission, subjection to those authorities and to God's authority. You see, there is no place, just there's no place for anarchy, there's no place for a Christian who is following this word of Paul to the church in Romans to be a cynic, to be an armchair politician, just to make Facebook posts and complain at dinner time. If we're going to have respect and responsibility for the authority that God has placed in government structures, and especially in our setting, in a representative democracy where we have voice, then we don't just complain. We don't become a curmudgeon. We're not a cynic. We stand up and say, we've got to do something. Out of our responsibility, out of our submission to this authority, understanding it to be God's authority. Now, that's messy. I mean, come on, we're in the church. We sit here and sing songs about God, and we really want to do what God wants us to do. And we have a hard time figuring out what's good and doing it and affirming it and figuring out what's bad and stopping it. So how much more difficult is it going to be in the world at large? But that's the beauty of God's power and might and His authority. It's not just in the church. It's not just on Sunday morning. It is everywhere that we go. There is no sacred, secular divide. There is no place that God's authority and presence is not prominent. But it gets really messy. I mean, caused Martin Luther and Martin Luther King Jr. and William Wallace and Dietrich Bonhoeffer a whole lot to fulfill their, with respect and responsibility, their charge. But I want to plant a seed. I want to plant a seed in in some of you. And I I hope that it gets planted in great soil and that the Spirit will indeed water it and fertilize it and cause it to grow. Because I'm, I'm wondering if some of you, God is calling to serve as His servant. To serve as, as His servant in the public sphere. You know, that maybe some of you, God's calling to be police officers. 
God's calling to, to, to serve in, in government. Some of you are. I want to continue to water that as you serve in, in, in public spheres, inspect in, in as a, uh, public schools, police departments, and fire departments. But maybe there's someone here that, that God's grooming and leading to be a mayor, to be a governor. Maybe in here God is planting a seed in one of you to be the next president of the United States from the great state of Ohio. That's a high calling. You would be serving as God's servant in any of those ways, any of those places. So being subject to the government authorities, brings transformation. Not, not just a, a spiritual concept, but real life obedience and respect to the human authorities of our world. Who, Paul tells us, are God's servants, whether they know it or not. I mean, in uh, earlier writings, uh, the prophets tell us that Cyrus, who's the king of Persia, and even Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, Jeremiah tells us he was God's servant. A lot of his life he didn't know it, but he was. That transformation can happen, one, personally. I mean, yeah, it's just good practice to obey things that you don't necessarily want to do. I find it a spiritual discipline every time I get on the highway. You know, and I've tried, I've tried every theological angle somehow to say the speed limit is against the will of God. That somehow it's getting in the way of me fulfilling my responsibility under the, the leadership of God. You know, but I can't find a way. And I just made a six-hour trip down to Chattanooga this week. And, and back again. And man, I, it's just unfair that I was doing that the same week I was preaching this passage. <laughs> Keep, yeah, there you go. That's why I invented cruise control. For people like me, huh? Just, but then the challenge is to set it at the right spot, Sharon. And that's, but it's just, it's good, ha- at least for me, it is good habit to obey. Because there's, there's nothing about that law that is unjust. I don't care how hard you want to argue. It's just about the fact that I want to get down there soon enough, uh, sooner than they're going to let me. But it is good for the soul. It is about the transformation of me. When the, the, to obey the law. To be subject to the governing authorities. Brings transformation to us. But it also can bring, if God so wills and so inclines and so blesses, it can bring grand transformation even to the world around us. I mean, isn't that the, the, the story of the folks that I mentioned at the beginning? That if we, in respect and responsibility to our ultimate authority in God, that, that we are subject to the authorities that are around us. And in respect and responsibility, we 
actively pursue bringing those best we can in alignment with what we understand to be good and opposed to what is evil, then that may not only bring transformation to me, but may indeed, even if God so blesses, change our world. Through submission, respect, and responsibility to the authority of God and the authorities that God has placed, transformation will occur. Amen.